0: Hi and welcome back to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. My name is Prashant Malkani and the topic for this episode is Behavioral Economics, the psychology behind marketing. Marketing is largely a mind game and humans aren't the most rational creatures we've imagined them to be. Hence a topic like this is extremely important and I believe extremely exciting as well. Triggers and nudges to provoke your consumer's mindset can help your brand in a large way, and to help me dwell further into this topic, I have a very special guest today. Robert Duboff is the CEO and founder of Hawk Partners, which is based in USA, and works with clients in all major markets across America, Europe, and Asia to help companies solve their toughest marketing challenges. Robert has also co-authored the book, Market Research Matters, and has written for publications like the Harvard Business Review. Before starting Hawk Partners, Robert was also CMO at Ernst & Young. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hi, Robert, and welcome to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. Really looking forward to our conversation.
1: I am too. uh, Thank you and uh, looking forward to uh, speaking with uh, your listeners uh, across the world. Thank you. So uh,
0: before we deep dive into today's topic, Uh, I wanted to actually take a moment and share some context. We all know that, you know, consumers and customers are the most important element for any business. And hence, understanding that becomes critical aspect for any brand. You know, so having said that, unfortunately, I don't think too many marketers focus on that element, or even are familiar with, you know, the term behavioral economics. So can you help explaining what that means for, for the viewers?
1: Uh, of course. I think uh, traditionally, uh, economics uh, uh, has always been called here, at least here in the United States, uh, the dismal science. It's uh, yeah. a, uh, a, certainly a social science, but it's always been a question of how scientific is it. Uh, many politicians have disparaged economists. And uh, in general, economics has been based on a principle of the rational man or woman. And I think what has happened and and why it's called behavioral economics is people like uh, Kahneman and uh, a a partner of his, Tversky, uh, the two of them and others uh, basically started doing experiments. And they found through their experiments that the behavior of consumers is often not rational. And so that field has uh, been called behavioral economics. Because it's it's essentially invented or sprung up around actual behavior uh, as uh, tested, right? And from a personal
0: standpoint, this entire concept is quite intriguing for me. And you might hear that word a few times during our conversation. Uh, so you know, considering that we have a better understanding on the concept of behavioral economics now, if we can dwell down to the next layer. Uh, which is how can this be used for marketers and how would this actually help them or benefit them?
1: Uh, that's, uh, and you know, that's still an an issue. I know from our earlier, you know, discussing and, and studying that uh, in Asia and certainly in India, behavioral economics has not yet really taken hold. Yeah. And uh, it has a little bit more in the United States. Uh, some, both the United States government as well as uh, the UK have uh, actually had departments using it, but marketers still are a little resistant, uh, and there's growing interest among our clients in how do you apply behavioral economics to uh, market research, to understanding consumers, and really getting at their behavior. And that's important because old economic theory would always say, for example, you know, just cut your prices and demand will go up. And We marketers have almost always known, well, that isn't always the case. We can see it isn't always the case. And we recognize there are things like uh, brand reputation, which allows you sometimes to command a premium price, uh, even though there's no greater economic value in what you're doing. So therefore, that's where it's important for marketers to understand how consumers behave. And that's what behavioral economics does.
0: True, true. So, uh, you know, just streaming from this and quite correlational to what you just mentioned, and again, something that I believe is quite intriguing, is the question on why do people buy what they buy? So, I mean, I don't mean, you know, the essentials, which is uh, a no-brainer. What I mean is, you know, when a consumer goes to a supermarket, for example, uh, with, you know, a ready list of things like, you know, vegetables and fruits that that person needs to buy, uh, why do they end up with a lot more than just that? You know and in some cases the complete opposite uh, like cakes and chocolates and candies
1: well uh, first of all uh, behavioral economics works and and basically a key premise is we have two types of what we mean by thinking one type is uh, been called system one and that's what really you and I are doing right now while we're talking and concentrating our thinking is just really reactive we immediately react to stimuli and system two is the much more thoughtful, we're going to buy a house or with, you know, major decisions, we pause and we really think. Yeah. Now, supermarkets and other retailers have always been aware of what has been called impulse buying. So uh, certainly at certain times a day, uh, you know, there's good advice for you is don't go shopping when you're hungry uh, because, again, behavioral economics, uh, have studied and seen, you buy a lot more. When you're hungry and you go to a supermarket, you buy things you don't need. You right. also can see right. that impulse items are put just as you check out. It's just easy. You're going to be in a line. Your mind is wandering. You see something. They also know to put uh, at your eye level the different things that maybe you are not in your economic interest to buy. They're not the best deals, but they're the ones you see and the colors. So all of those are influences that in a sense force you to buy. That's why retailers and manufacturers know this. Big displays at the end of aisles, those will prompt a lot more sales uh, than other things. Big signs. So all these are tricks that behavioral economists can help you understand uh, why to use it. Another one that you'll see when we all get to go back to airports, uh, Cinnabon has learned the sense of smell. Uh you don't worry as much about what the exact price is when you've smelled something so sweet and you're hungry, and there yeah. it is
0: yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's an interesting one. And also, I think whilst you were speaking, uh, you very briefly mentioned colors. Do you think colors is something that uh, has a huge impact on, you know, what people choose and what they buy? So it could be, you know, colors of packagings, or it could be colors of logos, or it could be, you know, the difference between a red and a blue, for example. Do you think colors actually play a, a, a huge role in a consumer's mind?
1: Yes, they do. Uh, the uh, it, that's been shown by all sorts of uh, studies, uh, and there are two aspects to it. Uh, yeah. One is uh, part of branding, and and uh, there's one of the principles of behavioral economics is called availability. What comes into your mind when you either think of a product or a category, and certainly if you're going to buy a soda, uh, at least what we call here in the states a soda, yeah. a yeah. beverage. Um, Red is Coca-Cola, so it's so recognizable. So one aspect is just what you get known with a color, with a sound, with a smell, appealing to senses that will trigger this system one impulse to buy. But there' have also been a number of, of uh, studies that uh, will show, generally, if you're talking about money, you want uh, fidelity has started to use a green line. Ah, uh, green yeah. associated here again in the United States, at least with money positive. So certain colors become associated. Uh, again, non-economic behavioral economics see it, uh, even the, the influence of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that's the great you know example and anecdote. Uh, so. Unfortunately, I think being a consumer, a customer nowadays is actually become a difficult one because honestly, a consumer has limitless options, but unfortunately, a finite attention span, you know, for example, a person goes to a store to purchase rice, they can end up seeing, you know, they end up seeing a large variety of options in front of them. And there's no way they can really sit, you know, and analyze each one of them and come to a logical conclusion, because honestly, that would just need way too much time and effort which people obviously don't have today for, you know, something as simple as rice. Uh, So normally, how do people, you know, make these decisions? And what can brands do to maximize this state of confusion, if I can call it?
1: Well, here's where uh, behavioral economists have made a big difference, because the theory I just uh, talked about, about availability, that that would be a bias. So what happens is when you're forced with a number of choices, what we found is there are some predictable uh, I think there's a great book, uh, Predictably Irrational, yeah. and that, that describes us. So there are patterns that you can find, and we already talked a little bit about how color can be a signal. Certainly a recognizable yeah. Yeah. brand is what you see in that sea of uh, commodities. And you've also pointed out system two, that massive thinking tires you out. and you. So generally when we're sh- shopping, we're not gonna engage major decisions and therefore, this is a dream of marketers. You really have the opportunity, if you can trigger something, whether that's whichever sense you can uh, trigger uh, or your brand becomes known, then that and that's an understanding of advertising. Advertising has been aimed at availability. So what pops into your mind when you see rice might be Minute Rice or it might be Uncle Ben's or yeah. whatever brand yeah. – And so that's what brands can predominate. Whereas there are other shoppers, and this is what you'd have to study in market research, which is the other interest of mine. Uh, There are some shoppers who are saying rice, ah, just the cheapest. I have no no brands come to mind, and you're going to look for the cheapest. By the way, we often make a mistake because what is is the cheapest dollar amount on the package may not be price per unit. You know, sometimes we want. Uh, so that's, again, how marketers trick us. Uh, a low price does not necessarily mean it's the best value for the money.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think uh, the one thing what I understood is that there is no one uh, you know, human rationality for decision making. It's actually a combination of multiple rationalities that come together to make a single decision.
1: Yes, but uh, I do think, again, it's predictable. So you could uh, simulate that supermarket and you would start to see, be able to measure the uh, opinions of people. And you certainly can measure how well recognized, and, and marketers have been doing this for years. Uh, salience, does your brand come to mind? If I say rice, uh, does your brand come to mind first? That's really what you want, because that, there's a lot of evidence. That's the one you're going to go when you have this multiplicity of choices that you mentioned.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, just streaming from that, very recently I read an interesting line that was so true. You know, marketers work 70 hours a week to push their products onto people, but people probably make their decisions in seven seconds. Uh, so, what are some of the major forces that influence consumer behavior that brands need to keep in mind to maximize their efforts
1: on the time spent? Sure, well, I I think uh, there's an easy uh, acronym and it's EAST. Uh, E is for easy. So the easier you make it for somebody, that's why I level. The easier uh, somebody online, fewer clicks. So easy is the first thing to do. Uh, A for attractive, the more attractive, whether that's the color we talked about uh, earlier or other ways that catch your eye, get your attention, trigger the availability in that seven seconds. How are you going to do that? Uh, Social, that's a little more marketing. Not We've been talking a little bit about the intersection of marketing and sales in a supermarket. Uh, But social people uh, are attracted, a lot of the behavioral economists have found, by what others do. So the ability to talk about your popularity, and certainly social media gets in there, which also can give you availability. Getting people to recommend you, all of that. Uh, builds into the attractiveness of your brand and then making it timely. Uh, that's where it's there at the checkout or we have it ready for you uh, when you want it. It's not going to take you a lot of time back up to easy. So right. East, including the word easy, uh, is uh, a good way to think about all of these are things that the uh, behavioral sign is also called nudges. You're kind of Uh, pushing somebody a little bit to help them in those seven seconds. And this even helps in uh, bigger decisions. Uh, System one, that instantaneous quick thinking that has such an influence, it still influences you. Even for big decisions, if you think about buying a car or a house, that first reaction you had to it may already have won the day. Even if you do a lot of shopping after it, it may already be embedded in your mind you know, I like that one. You may not be able to articulate why, uh, but there's something about it. And all of those could be nudges that really influenced you. And I know, you know, you focus uh, in this uh, podcast, Germany, on transformation. Right. And much of this is in, in transformation. Uh, sometimes the people behind the strategy are introducing something new, uh, neglect, Uh, getting down on the ground level with the ultimate consumers, the people who are going to buy it. And they make economic, you know, they're making the same mistake a lot of marketers have made before learning about behavioral economics, thinking that men and women are just rational and they're all going to get out a slide rule and figure out what's the best deal for them. Our minds don't work that way. And if you want to transform something, the key is going to be to get that association, have a frame in which uh, ultimately people are going to want to buy or start buying what you're offering.
0: Right. I think, you know, all of this has been great. Uh, So before we go, I just have to ask you, is it possible if you can narrate, you know, a case study of a brand that took a lot of learnings from a behavioral study
1: and executed it, which probably led to a positive impact for them? Sure, I can give you plenty. I'm not going to talk about clients of ours. Uh, I'd I'd like to brag about them, but um, I I, I will just talk generally uh, restaurant chain loyalty programs. So loyalty programs, one of the things people have found is the more start people off with a bonus. So let's suppose you have a loyalty program where if you visit our restaurant five times, you'll get a couple of free desserts uh, on the fifth visit, Uh, start them off when they sign up and give them two clicks already. Give them credit for two visits, even though they've only been there once. That uh, puts into effect one of the key principles of behavioral economics, which is you value what you already have almost more than something you don't have. And so yeah, yeah. that value, you you, it has a value. To, oh my God! I am not going I better get there three more times. I'm not gonna waste or give up uh, this uh, uh, free things uh, that uh, I have. Uh, peak experience. Another issue that was uh, and people interested should read the book Thinking Fast and Slow uh, by Kahneman. Uh, he won the Nobel Prize for his thinking in yeah, this area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things he talks about there that's very interesting is our minds also in experience. You think back on something and you either remember a peak, a good or a bad, anything bad. We all know if you've been to a restaurant and had a bad experience, you're probably not going back there. Uh, But where you've had a good experience, well, key to marketers then, end experiences with something good. Give people a little bit of gift. Give them uh, a chocolate on their way out. That all often gives you a good aura. So end any visit, with uh, uh, something positive because uh, that's what they'll remember very much. Uh, Another uh, good example I think is Spotify. Uh, And Spotify uh, understands its association is with the ear that people are used to listening to Spotify and have made some great purchases and in a sense for over the future people look back and think they've perhaps transformed their business by moving into podcasts. And they have bought some very popular ones, but it all fit with what they knew they were recognized for, all fitting with, you know, almost a share of ear uh, that I think will do them well in the future and very consistent with the principles of behavioral economics.
0: Interesting. You know, and I think uh, this entire session has been a great one. Thank you so much, Robert, for taking the time out and sharing. And I'm sure, you know, you've helped the listeners with some great thought starters like you've done for me.
1: Well, I appreciate it. And if anybody's interested, uh, they can certainly uh, contact me. uh, uh, And I'll be glad to uh, send an email back if there are questions. Thank you very much.
0: Great. So for the rest of us, hope this episode was as useful for you as it was for me. In case if you have any doubts, feedbacks, or just want to spark a conversation, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. This is me signing out for this episode. Looking forward to seeing you on the next one, until then don't forget to stay curious.